Welcome to The Pemberley Podcast, a podcast where we discuss modern-day Jane Austen adaptations. Now covering Emma Approved, I'm Jillian Davis. I'm Yolanda Rodriguez. Keep up with us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Pemberley. You can help support our running costs on patreon.com slash thepemberley. And if you have any questions or comments, email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode. How you doing today, Yolanda? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Jillian? I'm also doing very well. We have more books to recommend. Yes, we do. We have so many more books now. <laughs> I know. We're just such voracious readers. I'm yeah, so proud of us. Exactly. What book are you reading now? I'm glad you asked. It's called Cersei. Not like Game of Thrones Cersei Lannister, but like C-I-R-C-E. And what's interesting is Cersei is the Greek goddess from the book The Odyssey, Hmm. who turns all the men into pigs. This is sort of her backstory. I haven't gotten, I'm not super far into it, but they talk a lot about her backstory and a lot about life on Mount Olympus and and the the Olympians and the Titans. And there's a lot of Greek mythology and I find it very fascinating and very good. Cool. What what are uh, you reading? So this isn't a new book that I've been reading, but it's a book that I've read that I want to recommend. We've talked about going to this bookstore called The Ripped Bodice. You mean home home base? Home base for (laughs) us. Home mother, the mothership. (laughs) Just go home is The Ripped Bodice, exactly. It's in Culver City. It's a romance only bookstore. You should definitely check it out if you're ever visiting LA or live in LA. It's a wonderful bookstore run by two amazing sisters. A while ago, we went to one of their rom-com nights that they host. And every so often, they have authors do readings of their books as well. Mm-hmm. And so on one particular night, there's one author named Zan Romanoff read an excerpt from her book, Grace and the Fever. And Is that the fangirl ba- uh, boy band book? Yes. I remember that. So she had talked about how when she... She was, I think, in middle or high school. She wrote, like, Hanson fan fiction. So, like, <laughs> fan fiction and fandom has been, and boy bands have been a huge part of her life for, like, yeah. a long time. And so she wrote kind of a book a- about that, about fandom and boy bands called Grace and the Fever. And specifically, she did a lot of research on One Direction in order to write this book as well. Research on like that fandom and the ships that people had, I guess, of One Direction because they're no longer like a thing. (laughs) So it starts with Grace, who is home from college, I believe. And like, she's just back in her old neighborhood and she sees someone who looks kind of familiar and it turns out it's one of the guys like from this boy band. She doesn't mean to, but she's kind of next to him and she approaches him without like, sort of like this magnetic connection. I guess sometimes you just have to celebrities of like, oh my God, that's them. I I love them and I want to just meet them. Mm -hmm. Kind of right at that moment, another car swoops in, it's paparazzi and takes a picture of her with him. (gasps) So she's caught in this moment scandal kind of next to him and it's nothing really but now she is intertwined into their narrative of the rabid fandom who just like is trying to find out everything about her and she's kind of loving it too because like this is her world like imagine getting sucked up into the fandom that you're obsessed with you know yeah so i can't imagine (laughs) yeah it's, it's an intense thing where like she has her like online personality and now her real life personality 
are meshing in a super complicated way. And it's such, I, I loved reading it. So if you love like, fandoms or boy bands or all that kind of mixture of stuff, I think it's a really great read. So that's our recommendations yeah. for this week. <laughs> boy bands and Greek mythology. Yeah. What will we think of next? Yeah, exactly. Let's go ahead and jump into the Emma approved episodes now. Woohoo! Previously, we met Senator Elton. Emma is very insistent on making him and Harriet a thing. You know who else we met? Jealous Knightley. Jealous Knightley, who does not approve. Knightley disapproves. Knightley very much disapproves. Like, I think he's just like, the senator has an agenda, and I don't want him messing around in my office. Exactly. I mean, and we see a lot more of that, starting with episode 19, The Proof is in the Yogurt, written mm-hmm. by Kate Rorick. Elton has been a client now for, like, it seems two weeks, and... And she's like, so much progress has been made on Elton's part. Like, he's getting along with everyone, and especially with Harriet. But Harriet needs more of that nudging along. And it's, like, really difficult to get Harriet up to that same level of, like, don't you realize that you're perfect for each other? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's interesting because Emma's like, what do you think of him? And she's like, oh, he's nice. Like, the first thing she says is nice, which yeah. I think back to the Lizzie Bennett diary when uh, Lizzie's like, hey, Jane, tell me what you think of Darcy. And she's like, Darcy is tall. Yeah. <laughs> you know, nice beats tall, but nice doesn't beat everything she feels for B-Mart, you know? Right, yeah. And so she respects and likes him as a person, but then he shows up in the doorway with flowers, and we're all like, oh! And yeah. he's like, Harriet, I have something for you. It's Icelandic yogurt! Yeah! And we're all like, oh. Well, even right before we, we get that reveal, Emma's already planting that idea in her head of like, he likes you. Yeah. He's paying attention to you. Yeah. He's noticing you. Yeah. And the fact that he comes in then with Icelandic yogurt, which they've talked about once to Emma, and she's trying to project that onto Harriet, a major sign that he likes her. The flowers are nothing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and it's weird because I can see that because definitely looking back, I'm like, that douchebag probably just grabbed that out of his fridge and gave it to her. <laughs> right. The yogurt. It's like the yogurt because he talked about having it at home. And part of me is like, at first I was like, oh, he went and he did, but I'm like, no, nah, he, he probably just not, got that out of the fridge. Yeah, he did not a, go out of his way to get that yogurt for her. He's still a guy, you know? And and what I will say about the senator and <laughs> how, like, probably Emma's getting confused is I feel like his and Emma's relationship is not yet so close that he feels comfortable giving her a gift without getting Harriet something. Right. So he's definitely, like, he gets points for being polite, for sure. Yeah, I mean, he, he's out buying flowers and he's like, oh crap, I gotta get the assistant something too. And <laughs> yeah, he's like, like the oh, other I, one. He just grabs the yogurt from his fridge and is like, this will do. And so that's, and then, that's where they're at. And then he presents Emma with beautiful flowers yeah and she's like oh i yeah you're paying me you don't also have to get me yeah, flowers you don't need to charm me that's like that's not your job i just wanted to show you what i learned from our last session paying attention to a woman pays dividends nicely done senator please i've told you call me james you know he's really laying that charm on and like trying to make it very obvious that he's into her with the flowers he's with laying the compliments. it on compliments he's laying it on pretty thick yeah and Emma's just like, yep, you're my client. I see nothing. I see none of this. Yeah. I see you. I see Harriet. And the yogurt, the proof is in the yogurt, exactly. as it says the title. Well, it's funny because she's like, oh, I got you something too. A questionnaire about yeah. your perfect yeah. woman. And yeah. he's like, well, this looks long and boring. And she's like, yeah, but I need it. So go fill it out in the conference room. Have fun. Talk to me when you're done. You know what uh, this show is teaching me is that we never really leave the seventh grade. Because <laughs> yeah. when the senator walks out, Harriet bursts in and she's like, does he like me? Does he like me? What did he say? 
now that Emma has planted the seed of attraction, I guess, in Harriet's mind, she's fully and very quickly bought into it. She's like, oh, a senator interested in me? Like, of course, like, you'd be super flattered. You're like, wow, if the senator is really into me, like, yeah, why not go for it? But I thought you said. Right, I didn't need to. I knew the second he walked in that door and gave you a cup of yogurt. You did? When a guy remembers something like that and acts on it, he likes you. Sure, Emma didn't outright ask Senator Elton, like, so my assistant, you know, she's really nice. And he's like, yeah, she's nice. She kind of confides, you know, in Elton, like, you know, I'm taking her under my wing. I'm just giving her a little nudge, a little push there. And he's like, you're doing an amazing, he's again, those compliments of like, you're doing an amazing job. You're such a great mentor. She's going to be great because of you. Yeah, of course you're a great guide. Like anyone should look up to you. You perfect wonderful woman (laughs) let's like talk for a second about it's too open-ended to say let's talk about why they're not why harriet and james aren't right for each other because like sure emma's the only one like even of her and harriet she's the only one pushing the harriet senator elton ship out to sea you know like and no I guess I'm wondering. Into this. I know. No, everyone's like, really? Yeah. Them? I can see the discrepancy because, yeah. like, Harriet, I mean, maybe it's because she's, like, really close to my age, but she kind of reminds me of, like, an adult kid, you know? This is she's different. still finding her way. And yeah. the senator is someone who has clearly, He's like, found, his, found way. his way. They're different life stages. And even Elton points that out with saying, like, yeah, you know, she will eventually get to that world domination or whatever he says yeah. kind of stage. Mm-hmm. But she isn't there yet. And I think it is, like, she's still young and she's finding her way. And like you said, he's found his way. He already knows what he wants in life. And he knows the kind of woman that he wants beside him. And that right now isn't Harriet. If Harriet, maybe in a few years, were to become more of this entrepreneurial person that he so clearly wants and as Emma, you know, then maybe they would be a good match. But Mm -hmm. right now, as they are in their current states in life, it's just not the same path. Yeah. They're just going in different directions, and Emma's trying to force them on the same same path, I guess. This is probably a good transition into the next episode, yeah. episode 20, for A Very Special Lady, also written by Kate Rourke. She has a pretty deep conversation with Knightley. She's expecting Knightley to kind of jump in and interrupt her, and so she kind of fishes him out by, like, setting up her his watch or something yep. and making it go off. And Geek chic. Very yeah. Emma approved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was hiding behind the corner that entire time, which yeah. is funny. They haven't had a real conversation in a while. They've had that surface level, like, are we good? Yeah, we're good. Okay, we'll just go in our separate offices and not talk to each other. But there's been a lot of tension and a lot of things that haven't been said. And this is where they finally say what they've been wanting to say to each other, yep. which is like that point of tension of Knightley being like, you're doing something that I don't agree with and Emma's saying like too bad I this is my way and And you're messing with my process exactly yeah is this about Martin can you please get over him because Harriet has it's not about Martin although it sort of is it's about you involving yourself in things that you shouldn't be involving yourself in Harriet is my assistant. Yeah, but not your client. And she is my friend. Even I've like kind of been sitting back and I'm like does he have a right to be like mad at her about this hasn't she always done stuff like this I guess it hasn't been so personal right because it's always been people outside of his life too Mm -hmm. right because like annie is emma's friend and if she's messing with something like that like he's like you know i mean he didn't your life it's whatever he didn't approve of that either he didn't approve of that but like with harriet it's like their employee now he's involved too and 
you know, he can't just deny the fact that he didn't know anything because she works there too. Like, he knows her. I feel like he's having an existential breakdown. Yeah. The, <laughs> I think it's it's finally gotten too close to home, I guess, in a way, where he's like, yeah. whoa, 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 what are you doing? You're messing with our employee. And this is, so this goes back to what we were talking about, about, like, why do Harriet and Senator Elton, like, not belong together? And Knightley says it very succinctly when he says, James Elton has an agenda, and he's not going to be with someone who doesn't further his own ambitions. Like, that is some ice-cold truth that yeah. he is laying on, because I feel like Emma's just blinded herself to that she's looking at very isolated qualities and she's like these people should like each other because they like helping people and they like this and they like that she's going off very basic qualities that anyone could have in common really and she even reads the answer to that ridiculous questionnaire and oh right he's like what what are you vivacious was one of the words and and that was the only one we were like come on that's That's not harriet Harriet. (laughs) but i think it's the wonder a wonderful person but she's not vivacious do you know what i think is happening in emma's mind is she's kind of invented this persona that Harriet is like a little Emma. Yeah. And so qualities that she sees in herself, she's projecting onto Harriet. Yes. And she's looking at that as like a reflection of her deal. She's like, well, vivacious may not have been the right word I would have used, but this is Harriet. But she could be vivacious. <laughs> yes. She will be. Like, she will anything be. she is not present tense, she will be in the future and people will see her for it. Exactly. And so, but it's interesting because I feel like he gave such general qualities, like yeah. vivacious. Uh, entertaining, um, entrepreneurial, uh, intelligent. So it's like, you know. Yeah. Oh, I guess. Everyone wants that, you know? The other big hint in Emma's mind was that, like, what physical attributes are you looking for in a partner? And Mm -hmm. he does mention blonde hair as his preference. But but dark brown is also nice. Yes. As, like, a hint of, like, but dark brown's nice, too. He didn't want to be outright be, like, only dark brown. I think he's that's dated very... a lot of blondes. And yeah. now he's like, but I like brunettes, too. Yeah. <laughs> but the fact that he says blonde first, she's like, well, Harriet's a blonde. This is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> this is the, this is everything. It kind of reminds me of that Bo Burnham song, Repeat yeah. Stuff, where I won't sing it, but I'll say there's a line that goes, like, I, I love your hands because your fingerprints are like no other. I, I love like your, your eyes, eyes and their bluish, brownish, greenish color. color. I, I love like it your... when you smile, that you smile wide. wide and, and I love that your torso has an arm, arm on, on either, either side. side. <laughs> <laughs> I can sing the whole thing and then yeah. it gets only better from there. Yeah, the song's about, like, generic pop songs and how these young boy band type artists are, like, singing the most generic lyrics so that every girl who listens to them thinks it's about them. And then they're buying the magazines with covers on them that tell them, like, they're not pretty enough, they're not fit enough, and all of that. And so they listen to the artist again to, like, feel better. he really loves me. Yeah, so it's this, like, awful cycle of things. But, like, yeah, the generic sort of image that any girl can project onto onto themselves. And Emma's taking these generic qualities that that Elton has put out and is projecting it onto poor Harriet. And then let's... this. So this episode really comes to a boiling point because he says that and then he leaves the room and then he comes back, errand boy that he is, <laughs> and he's got an envelope with the name Emma Woodhouse written on it. And he's like, this came via messenger. Notice, this didn't come like in the mail. No. It came via messenger, messenger. And it was the two ticket. We kind of skipped over this part. Yeah. But basically, in the last episode, Emma was like, oh no, like Harriet really wanted to see Book of Mormon, but they're all sold out. And he's like, well, I know the tour manager. Maybe I could could like pull some strings and the strings have been pulled and they are manifested in this envelope in the form of two tickets to see the book of mormon and again i'm sure it wasn't like a major thing for him to to just 
text or call this tour manager or tell his assistant to be like, hey, can you just get two tickets to this musical? Like, I'm trying to impress the the I'm woman this girl. assistant works with. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. He's not doing it. He even says in the episode where he's like, yeah, I would love to do that for Harry and you, for Emma specifically. And you know what else? Those tickets for Harriet didn't come in an envelope that said Harriet Smith. Nope. They came in an envelope that were meant for Emma's eyes. Yeah. So that she could see what he did for her. The envelope did say Emma Woodhouse. He's showing her that this is what he'll do for her. Yeah. He's like, look, I'm caring. I pay attention. I'm sincere. Mm -hmm. And this is all for Emma. This isn't for Harriet. Yeah. The Icelandic yogurt was just like a little throwaway gift. The flowers were the real gift. The Book of Mormon tickets are like look at the strings i pull look at how powerful i am yeah i can do anything yeah. and you, with you by my side we will rule the world <laughs> I know. but um so it's interesting because then like emma freaks out and she's like oh my god harriet get in here like he totally likes you totally yeah and she gets harriet so excited about the fact too that she's like oh my god this is real he got me tickets emma really downplays how much she pushed the senator along to get these tickets for a very special lady but how did he know? You're the one that told him you loved musicals. I just said you wanted to see Book of Mormon and that the tickets were sold out. He pulled some strings and got those for you. And the other, I mean, the other thing about that conversation she had with the senator, where she was like, I'm um, just like nudging her here and nudging, the, like, she's low-key belittling Harriet and saying, yeah. like, she's my pet project, you know, she's just yeah. like this girl I help, and he's like, oh, I'll help you help this girl, you know? like Exactly. Like, we can find her, like, a puppy or something. I'm sure yeah. she'd be very happy. But Harriet's like, what do I do? And she's like, thank him, and, like, now's the time, now's when you show him you're interested. Uh, are you interested? And Harriet says, how could I not be? He's so nice and important, and the idea of being his girlfriend mm. is just unreal. Ooh. Let's unpack that because he's nice yeah, yeah any, anyone nice. can be nice he's important yeah you know. well you know martin wasn't important i mean what's important is relative to i mean okay in it's, this in this so, case he's a senator yes he's, he's important, important to a lot of people to other he's like an important person and people will do favors for him yes but is he important to harriet i think when you see other people treating you that way you start to treat people that way yeah. like oh other people love and respect him. I guess I'm going to love and respect him too. Right. But what I like fixate on the most is when she says the idea of being his girlfriend is just unreal. Like, I think that it's dangerous when you start fixating on the idea of being someone's significant other. Mm-hmm. Because it's very different than the reality of being someone's significant other. Right. You're building up the fantasy of that without really knowing them as a person. You're just getting, you're just projecting what you hope it would be like and what you think being in a relationship with them would be like. But that's not the actual real day-to-day of what it would be like. And so... Yeah, you can flirt with the idea of being a senator's girlfriend, but, mm-hmm. like, what would it actually be like? And would Harriet... Does Harriet actually like Senator Elton in that way? Like, it's sort of all of these feelings that are being projected onto Harriet that Emma's kind of planted planted along the way of, like, he's a senator, he's attractive, he's, like, all these great things. So you like him, right? And Harriet's like, well, he's he's a great guy. Like, uh, yeah, he yeah got, of course I like she's him. She's gotten her to the point where she's like, yeah, I do like him. I mean, and it was like gaslighting Harriet into yeah, liking the senator. It's, it's the uh, her what was her analogy of getting two thirsty horses and and leading like, them making to them find water. Together. Yeah, they got a, they're finding the water together and without really realizing it. 
Elton's like, no, no, I wanted to get water with this horse. Yeah, not, not that horse, <laughs> not, not that, that horse. pony. Um, yeah. And then it's so funny because she's like, okay, we need to tell him in a really sneaky way that only he'll know. And I'm like, no, don't be sneaky. <laughs> don't like write out a freaking message in Morse code right. saying, Harriet likes you. And then being a little, Ugh. it's just getting a little too convoluted it's, at this point. There's too many games. It just needs to be straightforward and, you yeah. know, use your words. <laughs> and it was, like, so straightforward with Harriet and B-Mark. Yeah, she was, they like, just got each other. They just got each other, and he he made her a very big video a- saying, again, will you go on this quest so, oh. with me? And she was like, I mean, I want the quest, but no. And, like, I mean, from there it gets come. But up until that point, it was quite straightforward. It was. He didn't want her to fix her own computer, because he wanted to hang around and fix her computer for her because i guess that's how it guys show love and speaking of that actually a thing we skipped over with this episode too was uh emma's gift to nightly of the watch we were kind of talking about this a bit off mic yep uh you know i think this oh. is this is important for feminism yeah. you guys this <laughs> well, has something to do with emma proof yeah it's about the greater good yeah i mean emma gets flowers from elton and like fl- nice flowers what like you don't even have to like flowers flowers have just developed this reputation over the years for being something a guy can just like if a guy messes up he can get his girl flowers if he wants to impress her he can get her flowers yeah if you run out of gift ideas and you don't know anything special to get her flowers. you can get her like it's the go-to romantic gesture for guys everywhere, and we don't have an equivalent. Exactly. What if you mess up and you want to show a, <laughs> and you try and earn forgiveness through gifts? What if What if you want to like do something nice for your ball or like get you know like Yeah. What do we get? I, we a race car? Do they like <laughs> like Hot Wheels race cars? <laughs> I don't know. Do you no? Get, you know. I mean, the gift that Emma gives, which is a watch, feels like an obvious gift of like, oh yeah, that is, I guess, the equivalent. But that's a very expensive equivalent, especially for like a nice watch. Well, and if you give a watch, you c- you can't give like a a cheap watch. Like the point yeah. of it being a gesture is that it's a nice watch. You yeah, know? it's like you can get flowers like every week, basically, or every yeah. day, whatever. Yeah. You know, it's just like you can send them. Exactly. You don't even have to present them in person. You can send right. them. But a watch feels like it's like a once a year, like if you, especially a nice watch, it's like yeah. a once a year type of if gift. that. Yeah, you don't need a watch every year. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't know, rich. What we rich people do? <laughs> I know me either. Like. I, like, I feel like a watch is something you can give, like, before you get married. It's uh, it's a more, yeah. like, it's more of a serious gift. Like, Emma has known Knightley for a long time, and so it's like, yeah, this yeah. is a serious gift. And But there's nothing casual that she can yeah. get. You know, nothing there's like There's no flowers. casual gift that you can get a guy to just be like, hey, I, I care about you. I or saw like, this in thought. forgiveness and yeah. whatever. It's yeah. just, there is no equivalent There's for no flowers. all-encompassing romantic gesture for a guy. And guys can't say, like, well, I would accept flowers, too. No, no you, you wouldn't. <laughs> won't BS. Like you're not. No guys want. I'm on Steve Harvey's show. He he likes to give advice to his guests sometimes. Uh-huh. And this one woman is like, "So I've been with my boyfriend for a few months. I really want him to send me flowers. How do I get him? To, can I get him to send me flowers by sending him flowers?" And Steve Harvey no? was like, "No. He's going to be really confused because he doesn't want flowers. He's like, here's how you get them." At the beginning of the relationship, when your guy is like, tell me what you like. She's like, I like it when a guy sends flowers. (laughs) (laughs) And you have to be direct and upfront there. Don't be playing games with these guys. They don't know the rules. (laughs) They They just need to be told what to do. (laughs) Which, like, I remember 
where did I, I heard this. So I, I saw a very funny uh, stand-up comedy special on Netflix called Elder Millennial. I recommend it to everyone. Oh, is that? Um, Eliza Schlesinger. Yes. Yeah. And so she she talks a lot about dating in your 20s. So like, it was very interesting. And one of the things she said, I get all my dating advice from stand-up comedy. I just want everyone to know. <laughs> who are all very sad people. <laughs> which is why we're all very, which is why we're very single. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, but the comedian said this. Um, but she said, she like made a point where she's like, if a guy likes you, he will show up. He like, right. Like he's like, she was like, a lot of girls like sometimes get mad at guys for like not communicating the way that we do, which is through words. And we talk about everything. We talk yeah. about talking about things. And yeah. like guys are more about doing and they're yeah. more about gestures and they're more. And so like, I think Senator Elton is doing a really good job of the showing up and the romantic gestures and the mm-hmm. doing and the delivering, you know? I, I also thought of the movie, he's just not that into you, yep. with uh, Jennifer Goodwin's character who's just like waiting by the phone and she's like, why doesn't dating work for me? And it's like, she has to get told of that statement of like, he's just not that into you. If he's yeah. not calling you, he doesn't like you. If he's not showing up, he doesn't like you. Yeah. And where are we going with this? <laughs> I don't know. I think we're just giving advice to each other. Um, but like, if he doesn't send you flowers. Because he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to send you flowers. But if he's giving you flowers, Emma... He likes you, you yeah. know? It's that simple. And yeah. it doesn't seem like it's that simple, but it's that simple. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should, like, jump into the comments now. Yeah, let's go into the comments then. Jumping to the comments section where we read original YouTube comments from when these episodes first aired, starting with episode 19. Natty says, OMG, loved it. I can't hate on Elton. I like him. I shouldn't like him at all. You guys are doing this again? Distorting the characters all the way. It was the same with Mr. Collins, but I love it. <laughs> love the enthusiasm. Uh, Thomas says, knowing the story, I'm a little worried how this Senator Elton thing is going to turn out. Also, Mr. Elton is not supposed to be likable. Emma is just as dense here as she is in the book in every adaptation. Mr. Elton is pretty obvious. He has his own agenda. Agenda man. Jedi Master 1138 says... Emma's behind-the-scenes stockiness scare me a little bit, and when I say a little bit, I mean kind of a lot. Beautiful. Alyssa says, oh, Emma. Emma, Emma, Emma. Sigh. This is becoming harder and harder to watch. Emma's cluelessness seems even- Yeah, that was me. There was no (laughs) italics. That was me. Emma's cluelessness seems even more awful in a modern context. Poor Harriet. And she still so obviously likes Martin. No, Emma. No. Episode 20. Jack says, I love how they played the tickets here because it really is kind of ambiguous who he was doing that for. It was addressed to Emma, of course, but it did contain a gift for Harriet. In the beginning, Emma was reading into the questionnaire a lot, but that ending is actually understandable, much less obvious than in the book, which with, for example, the poem that Elton gave Emma and she just assumed it was for Harriet. I really like that you can see that Emma is overexcited. Just if you haven't read the book, it is also impossible to fall for her delusions. They play it just right. Well done. Emma says, Your name is on the freaking envelope. I am ashamed to share a name with you. Goodness gracious girl, you looked right at it and you still failed to notice your own name. It's true. I mean, if it was for Harriet, it would have said Harriet Smith, not Emma Woodhouse. He's collecting credit. (sighs) (laughs) Carolina says, even though I knew it would happen this way, it is still rather sad to see Harriet fall so quickly for Elton. Poor girl. (laughs) Uh, Caroline says, the thing that hurts most is that it's not anger on poor Alex's face. It's disappointment. And in most cases, disappointment is far more hard to take than anger. 
Emma clearly doesn't see it now, and I hate to think what will happen when she does. I feel more sorry for Alex at this point, and frustrated with Emma. He's not mad, he's just... Disappointed. Disappointed. It's rough. And it's so weird the way the episode ends, because Emma is so excited that her plan is going as she hoped. It's just, it's gonna be a disaster. (laughs) I know. I mean, we know. Yeah. But like... But Emma doesn't know. (laughs) We're in a rough place right now, emotionally. This episode has been Pemberley Podcast Approved. approved.